Welcome to another episode of Unguarded presented by Weevolve. It's your girl, Jory Davis, and I'm here with Hyun. What's going on? What's up, Jory? How are things uh, going? You're back on the court now, right? Back on the court. Yep. We we there. I mean, it's a struggle. It's a little, we, we rusty for sure after not playing for four months, which is crazy. So, but at least we kicking the rust off with wins and not losses. It okay. could be worse. Is it like starting the season over again or what does that feel like? I mean, does it feel like starting a new season or does it feel like... I mean, it doesn't even feel like yeah. that. It feels like I haven't played in forever. Like it feels <laughs> right. like I retired and I'm coming back. <laughs> right, right, right. Because in the summer you're still working out and stuff like that. And you're yeah. Really doing that, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, a little bit of preseason, but we felt that a few times because it's been kind of like playing with our emotions or we're going to start tomorrow or we don't start or we're going to do this and we don't right. do that. So it's been a roller coaster to say the least. And then our guest, you want to say her name? <laughs> Tamara Sita. Oh man, you almost had it set up, set up. Set up. That's okay. Set up. Sorry, Tam- Tamara. Tamara Sita. Um, she finished her season. I mean, she was, you know, she was yeah. playing in Spain. I think was it last week? I think. They yeah. Finished. They didn't make. They didn't make the playoffs. So playing, playing with the sis Joy and Vale. They all on the same team, and now they finally. They finally finished it off. How did how did they finish? I didn't even know. Well, they didn't make the playoffs, so I think that was kind gotcha. of a disappointment. Yeah, I think yeah. it was pretty close, like to the end, they were right on the cusp. But gotcha. I mean, we know Val's back. I mean, Tamara, who's originally from Mozambique, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really, I don't even think we knew where she was going. I mean, she did talk about how she just kind of lives out of her suitcase wherever yeah. you are, Tama. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Hope you're safe. Hope you're enjoying the start of your postseason freedoms. Get a little break for a while. Um, I'm not sure if she has to go back home and do anything for national team, but hopefully she's uh, she's safe and sound wherever she ended up going. Right. So this you. this episode was the first of uh, it was the first time we've had two guests from the same team, Val and her. Obviously, we just said, and then she's the first like. African. I mean, we did have mm-hmm. tack, but you know, she, she's been in the U.S. since she was a yep. teenager, and so I guess we've never really heard the story or a story of a player from Africa going to the U.S. Now, for, for university and then coming here, coming to well, I say here because I'm in Europe, and then coming to Europe. So that was kind of an interesting. Yeah, it was. It jump. was a nice. It was a nice uh, interview, and of course, I know there's so much more around their stories, uh, but how. She went to the States and that transition, which we always say, you know, a lot of the college players that leave do what we do overseas at a way younger age, you know, and they have no idea what they're getting into. And then to do the same thing, her professional career and, you know, going to Europe and 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 traveling the world. So it's, it's just a different perspective. And in a sense, sometimes I'm like, man, Americans, we kind of spoiled we we, you know, we're complaining like, oh man, like we didn't, we don't get this or that, and it's like, man, these the younger their players way younger, going to America and traveling around and not knowing a thing. So it was it was enlightening to me to just see her her positive outlook on the whole situation. I think a big part of it was she just said she didn't know anything else, you know, so she'd mm-hmm. never traveled before, like she never traveled, um, she never even left her country. 
And then so the first time she leaves her country is to go to this like little town in Kansas. And it's like, oh, I guess I'll be here. You know, like right. this is where I was expecting lights in New York City and L.A. And this is it. Like, where are all the tall buildings? And it's like, well, OK. And then she just kept talking about just focusing on her. You know, like, why was she there? So it's like, all right, I'm here to play basketball. So, you know, right. maybe it did help that she was like 18 or 19. Now that she does know a little more, you know, I think this is her fourth year professionally. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see. Because, I mean, you know how they say, you don't know what you don't know. Whereas, you know, she had the talent to go to maybe a better situ- better location or whatnot. Uh, but she made the best of what she was given. Whereas, you know, some people, if they know, they're like, oh, heck no, get me out of here. You know, <laughs> so right, right, right. now she knows that more. She knows what's out there. So it'll be interesting to see what decisions she makes if if that mentality remains the same. Well, one of our interns' feedback was that these episodes are too long. So let's yeah. uh, let's get to. <laughs> hey, this is episode eight of season three with Tama Sita. No, Seta. Tama Seta. <laughs> Tamara Seta. What up, Tamara Seta? Tamara Seta, episode eight, season three, y'all. Make sure y'all comment, like, and you know, leave some some feedback on how I could get better with these names. Enjoy the episode, and hope y'all been you know showing love. Peace. Welcome to another episode of Unguarded, presented by Weevolve. I'm your girl Jory. I'm here with Hyun, and our guest today is Tamara Seta. What's going on with y'all? What's going on with you? Wait, how was the name? Did she do it right? Is this the first episode right. in like the last four? No, she did it right. That was yep. Cool. Okay. Well, on a scale of one to ten, what do you give her? Listen, I give her nine and a half. Thank okay. you okay. very All much. Right. To, okay. Yep. Yeah, so, that was good. So that's a good yep. way to start. Let's mark. What's the season three episode eight? I yep. finally said somebody's name right. It only took me three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dama, where are you? Um, currently in Vitoria, Spain. Okay. okay. Uh, playing for Araski. Okay. For my second year. Wait, I want to say that this is the first season where we've had teammates from the same team on the same season. So, you and yeah. Val, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 She came in late, but you know, step right in with her, her experience. You know, we know Val, she's from way back then. <laughs> <laughs> I but, know y'all give her a, bad, a hard time. <laughs> you know, the other day she was talking about when she graduated. I was like, what was I doing in 2008? <laughs> like, y'all better stop. <laughs> y'all terrible. Hey, gotta let the don't 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 hate on the OGs in the game. Hey, we're not hating. I'm appreciating. I hope I can get to that age still playing. She can still go for more. Yeah. Well, for this episode, we want to focus on um, in our pre-call with you. I just got the sense that you seem to have a positive outlook, or you just kind of focus on positive thinking. And one of the stories that I really enjoyed was how you went from your native country of Mozambique to what was the name of this town that you went to? Liberal, Kansas. Liberal, Kansas. Right. So take it. So you're what, 18? How old are you? Yeah, I was, I was 19. Okay. And you know, 
liberal Kansas, if you heard about the Wizard of Oz, the house <laughs> of Dorothy, that's where she's from. Okay. So it's a little famous, you know, don't just think oh, it's a man. It's where it's at. You know, the whole town is just um has a lot of like sculptures of Dorothy in her little red slipper. Wow. Right. I had never heard about that the Wizard of Oz before I went there. Oh wow. Okay. Never before or read stories about it anyways. But so yeah. You, yeah. You'd never been to the US before then, right? Ever. And this yeah. is when? What year is this? This is 2013. That was my first year leaving my home country and venturing out to the US and A, which I thought was like Hollywood and New York and uh -huh. Miami, but it wasn't that thing. Totally, like. all those places were far away. Far, far away. <laughs> far, far away. All I saw was cows and land that was never ending. Oh, snow, this heat, unbearable heat, dry heat, but made it to the USA, I guess. So, yeah. So when you arrive there and you see that there are no tall buildings and, you know, the light, the sky is not lit up with lights. Like, what did you like? Did you think like, oh, I'm out of here, man. This is not what I signed up for. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Never, never in my mind. That never crossed my mind. I'm out of here. No. I was just, I mean, I was shocked because that wasn't the America I was used to seeing on TV or what I, what I was told it was going to be. You know, I didn't know America had those parts, <laughs> but um, definitely I just, um, I guess I would just stick to what my objective was and thinking about what I was there for. I wasn't there to just walk around and go to buildings or I guess, I don't know what I was thinking, meeting uh, I don't know, Angelina Jolie in Hollywood, <laughs> I guess. But I always stuck to what I was there for, which which was basketball and school. And as long as as long as the people around me was were good people, I was okay with anything. I mean, were you disappointed at all? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. But like I said, at, at that point, I wasn't I wasn't much of a traveler. I wasn't much of a I didn't. I didn't really go out much. I was a really home person. So I would just stay home. It didn't matter to me if if the next bigger city was seven hours away or an hour away. I would I wouldn't travel there anyways. I would just stay home and enjoy my time at home. Probably most most of I spent most of the time Skyping. If I was in gym shooting or at school, I was Skyping my family. That's all I did. So it didn't matter to me. I mean, Joy, I imagine when you went to uh, Indiana, you kind of knew what you were getting into. Like you've done a lot of research beforehand. I, I don't think you visited yeah. the campus, but. Yeah, it's one thing that I, I find interesting with those that come from um, overseas, come from Europe, you know, from abroad to come to the States, because in our situation as Americans, we get to do unofficial visits or official visits. So I had been on a unofficial to Bloomington and an official where I stayed overnight. So I knew what I was getting into. I knew that it was going to be a smaller town, you know, where I was located, what type of, you know, lifestyle I would have. Um, so everything wasn't so much of a, a shock. It was more so just, you know, you're still a freshman. You don't know what's about to happen as far as workouts, how you're scheduling everything. That's always something that you can never really be quite prepared for. 
but far as your location, like <laughs> the players that I hear come from overseas and they're coming to college, they have seen nothing but like a virtual tour, which we know that stuff is like not realistic. You know, like they don't know where the dining halls are, like what the people are like, and not to mention, you know, the language barrier that you still have. That's that's a big one too. Like, did you did you speak English well when you first got over? Um, I wouldn't say well, but I understood a lot. I spoke I spoke English because I I grew up. I mean, let's not talk about my past, but listen, I spent <laughs> two years in in South Africa when I was younger. I guess that's where I learned a little bit. My dad used to speak English, but I understood a lot. My probably my. My pronunciation wasn't good, but you know, I spoke English, so it wasn't it wasn't that bad, you know. The adapting to the school system and you know speaking fluently every day with my teammates, my coach, my friends. Was there something that was the most difficult for you? Oh, the cold! You know when it got to <laughs> win. Winter time, listen, I had never experienced such thing back where I'm from because it's really tropical mm-hmm. and warm. And then the first uh, the first snow we got, I was super excited because I had never seen that before either. Super excited, went outside, did all the snow angels. You know, I was just out there, man. Let me tell you, like hours later when the snow was all ice and shit. Oh, my bad. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, you can curse. Yeah, you can curse. <laughs> I didn't I I didn't like it. I didn't like it not one bit and it was like Kansas weather is just there's no in between. If it's hot it's hot, if it's cold it's super cold and if it's windy you don't even want to be outside. But we would ride bikes on the wind, you know, go to Walmart and shop. <laughs> but that was one of the things. The cold, I didn't like what else? I don't know. I guess I didn't have much to complain about because I didn't know any better, I guess. Hmm. I hadn't seen better. So to me, right. that was the ultimate. Mm-hmm. To me, I was I was living my dream, which was going to school and playing basketball in the USA. Uh, mind you, I didn't I didn't know a lot about the difference between junior college and a four year school or I didn't know the difference or uh the divisions division one division two nia all of that you know so i was just like this is it listen i'm living it a lot of people would want to be here where i'm at so i'm just enjoy it and again the people that i was surrounded by my host families were amazing people my teammates i had a lot of international team i mean uh teammates and schoolmates from the other sports. So it was a good time. Small community. Everybody knew everybody. The The women's uh, program was weird, was very big in the community. So like the fans, it was a good time. No do you problem. think, do you think it helped that it was a small community and like a, yeah, for, for your I, adjustment? I think so. I think so. I think it did. And leaving Kansas, um, my my objective as well was going into something similar. I mean, I guess a better, a bigger community or a bigger city, mm-hmm. but with the same kind of concepts, with the same environment, I guess. Because being far away from home, 
and not having many means to communicate with your family is is tough. So like you don't want to be in a place where nobody appreciates you, nobody takes the time to say hi, how are you or even knowing like how you're doing mentally or physically, you know. So to me it was big that people cared. Hmm. Going into my next step, that was my main thing too. I wanted to be in a place where I was appreciated for being a person, not just an athlete. You know? Right. I mean, I think jewelry, we, we talk a lot about, or we hear a lot of stories about, especially American athletes who go abroad and they really struggle with their, you know, with their homesickness and being lonely. And I wonder if it's, maybe it's easier, like when you're a teenager, you know, I think maybe when you haven't experienced as much, maybe, you know, I think, in the U.S., the university life is like so pivotal, and I imagine as a college athlete, like it's super, super tight, right? Yeah. And then to be removed from that versus where you're just like still a teenager and you're still kind of figuring things out about yourself and about your life, and then you're kind of put into this place. And like you said, Tama, like you didn't know anything else, <laughs> you know, so you you have nothing to compare it to. You're like, yeah okay, cool. I'm here. I'll make the best of it now versus I think a lot, it seems like a lot of American athletes sometimes they just compare like what their experiences were, like especially if they played at a well-known D1 school and it's like, oh, the facilities and like the buses yeah. that we had were so much better than the buses that are here and this is supposed to be professional. Mm-hmm. Like what yeah. is this? Yeah, I guess also it's where you've been where I, I grew up in a small town, not until I was 17 that I moved to the capital of my country. And so it wasn't, it wasn't that hard or like even the transition from, from college to professional basketball here in Spain or wherever in Europe, you just, uh, you can't compare because, you know, college basketball is a whole no, another level of just the conditions that they, they give you mm-hmm. whether than professional is more just you take care of yourself most most of the times, you know. So if you haven't been in a situation where you don't have to you don't have to take care of yourself or you're just uh counting on other people to look after you and all of that, I think it's harder than people that have been in a situation where, okay, I've been here before, you know what? Like it's not that it's not that hard or it's not that bad. Or uh, in my case, I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was that was the the highest or the peak of my career, I guess. Right. Yeah, I Which mean, was I know. My third year of playing basketball. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy in itself that you had just started playing. I mean, obviously, like you're you're happy when you you know you're more mindful and you accept and you're grateful what what you have, and so mm-hmm. you're not gonna be comparing as much. And I think for a lot of the Americans doing the opposite of what you did at an early age, we we have a lot to compare it to because we were mm-hmm. at these big time universities. Everything was taken care of, facilities, treatment, things that we thought that we probably took for granted. Now we come overseas and now it's like you don't have this and mm-hmm. we're comparing and we're unhappy instead of just being uh, grateful for the, the pieces that are intact and the pieces that we do love. Um but I will say I always felt it w- it's maybe harder for the, the player that's coming, doing the opposite, coming from abroad, coming to America at a younger age, coming into college 
you know, that's, I just felt like that's a lot because your, your schedule in college is very vigorous. I mean, it's, it's not easy. I mean, a lot of Americans struggle when they get there. So for you to come and I already know how the workouts are abroad to come into college into those type of workouts, I always felt like, man, like actually we're complaining, but they're doing this at a younger age and they have no idea what they're walking into. We have somewhat of an idea, but a lot of the the European and players from abroad, they have no idea. So um, I personally always felt like you all had, like it was a bigger challenge that you got through compared to us. So, so how was that for you when you, or I guess came to, for me, when you came to Europe? Uh, the, the change between the, the U.S. And, and here? Yeah, I mean, it seems like you adjusted pretty well to American life and playing basketball there. Yeah, and again, I came to, to Spain. I was thinking Barcelona, Madrid, you know, big cities. <laughs> and I go to Zamora. <laughs> It's an ongoing cycle, man. <laughs> but you know, like to me, I guess it's knowing is knowing what my objective is in that place. So if mm-hmm. I'm, I'm if I'm going on vacations to Thailand, I'm not going to be complaining about the heat. Like I already know it's hot out there. Like mm-hmm. if you're complaining about the heat, then don't be here. Go to freaking switzerland or sweden i don't know in russia in a cold season so if you know what you want or if if i know what i what i want to get at that point of my life for example my first year i just wanted to adapt slowly into professionalism and the perfect fit for me according to my agents which they knew better was the mora because they were in the first league they were a little bit lower uh I guess ranked than the the better teams. It was a small town, and you know those little things were the perfect fit for me to contribute for me to adapt into professionalism in Spain or overall. You know, so if if I knew what I was there for, there wasn't much to complain about. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting uh, Girona level conditions you know or avenida level conditions and it was way different than college again but uh you know i was mindful of that and you know second year came to araski a lot better and i don't know where i'll be next year but i already know i already know the different the different levels and conditions of of all the teams i guess i put myself in a situation where i'm able to to adapt in the first place, rather than having a hard first year or a hard time, because some people just want it big, but they don't know what big takes or what a toll it takes and what it costs. Mm-hmm. They just want, oh, I want to go to the first, the highest, but the cost of it, you don't know. First, mm-hmm. to me, it's always better to adapt and then you can see the terrain and move on from there. So you're basically saying that you've had a pretty smooth ride your through your basketball career listen no not exactly <laughs> not exactly but you know i'm just sticking to the positive i'm sticking to the positive right and is it and is that something that you that you have to work on or is that just kind of your natural disposition 
Listen, I've had I've had some tough times mentally and physically in all everywhere I've been. But um I know that even in life it's not it's not it's not pretty. Like you're supposed to go through hardships to appreciate, I guess, the better little things that you get in as a reward, for example, your friendships or your paycheck or anything. I don't know. I try to I try to learn from all the bad things, I guess, for for example, injuries or um, having a, a hard year just mentally or being homesick. You know, I just know I just know my objective. I'm not going to go home empty handed. That's my ultimate goal. What is what is going empty handed mean? Empty handed is giving giving or sacrificing so much of myself all these years away and not having anything or I would say like the history is there. You know, all my accolades, let's say, like achievements, sports achievements, uh, my education or my way of thinking. That is with me and is carried with me within, like the value of emotionally growing. But empty handed would would also mean physical things like a, a business, a house or something. Be a somebody that that's the ultimate goal for me. I don't want to spend, let's say for now is my my eight year away and then going back home just because I quit because I can't do this no more, you know. I'm sick of this and go home and you spend all these years away, but you came back with so much knowledge in your head. But how, how will you apply that to your environment home? But I still don't know where I want to live, you know, so I'm still in that gray area trying to figure out where I'm going to end up ultimately. But Shoot, neither, own- neither does Jory and she's in her thirties. <laughs> so it's okay. You have time. Yeah, You got time. <laughs> You got time. I, I belong to the world, as Odyssey says. He got a yeah. song. I don't know if you know Odyssey, but he has one where he be like, I belong to the world. And at this point, it's like I have so many spots I could see myself and living and there might be more because I haven't even traveled all the spots. But I I'm, I live in suitcases. My, my whole life <laughs> is suitcases. I, I go home. I have a suitcase and my boyfriend's, one in my cousin's, one in my mom's. So it's like... I'm always traveling. I don't have anything mine yet. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something I really want to do at home, even if I don't go live there, you know, just to have. Because I know I'm going to end up dying someday and I'll probably be buried at home, at my home, <laughs> you know, my house. It's mine. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think like, again, like you have a real, like you have a a positive outlook on all the situations uh, when it comes to to overseas and and everything. But I guess for me, it's always, uh, my tough situations always come when I feel like I didn't have, I had a lack of knowledge or lack of information around the places I went. Um, And so one thing for me that I always looked at regarding going abroad and also looking at the other players. I know that also came um, from different places in Africa. They had no idea about Mm -hmm. the business side of where they were going. So for me, when it comes to the challenges, a lot of my challenges are tied up in, you know, feeling like I didn't have all the information around where I was going and what was taking place. 
Um, and then the other thing is just the lack of resources. So like, you know, treatment or, you know, like, I guess for me, if you say you had an injury, do you feel any of that was tied into the lack of resources that were provided for you during that, that time playing for that particular club? You know, when I was, when I first got injured in America, <clears throat> as some African would say, someone is chasing you. Like, you know, when you get hurt, someone's doing some juju on you. They wanted to be in your position and now you're going to fail and that person is going to ascend to glory. You know, that's, <laughs> that's the belief pretty much of almost everybody in Africa in any case, any situation about everything that's, that's wrong in your life or good is due to some some power beyond us okay not not we're not talking about god only you know black magic stuff i i was never into that when i first got hurt obviously my mom was like oh listen we need to pray because these bitches out here trying to get you they wanted to be your position <laughs> but i've, I've never I mean, I'm I'm not naive uh, to the point. I, I I grew up in Africa. Listen, that shit exists, but I'm not naive to the point that I'm just like totally inclined to that belief. You know, I know that some stuff, some stuff, or most of the stuff about my injuries have been because I didn't know any better. I didn't know my body. I didn't know certain things or how to move properly. Yeah. or how to deal with something properly. So being coming here, I mean, I had the greatest treatment in the U.S. after my surgeries, and I came back stronger every year after the surgery. So coming here, I already had half of the knowledge, which is, which is my part. We always talk about this with Joy and Val, do your part. I know my part to not get hurt, but obviously there's that other part which is the, the responsibility of the teams, of the club, with treatment, mm -hmm. and providing you with the, the mechanisms for you to not fail or not get hurt or recover. Obviously, it's disappointing to, to see lack, I mean, that there's a lack of understanding or, or knowledge in that area here. Or some people just don't care. Some, some clubs just don't care. Like when I went to Zamora, you know, I got hurt. And the guy, the main guy, he told me, when you're a professional, you have to play in pain. Because I had decided to have surgery and stop playing. I said, listen, I know my body better than you, sir. <laughs> and playing in pain is what athletes do. So if I'm telling you it's time for me to have surgery, I can't go no more. I'm just going to fail. I'm not going to help my team. I'm not going to help myself. It's just going to be chaos, you know. I, I believe that you have responsibilities and the teams also have responsibilities. That's the biggest um, difference from, to me from college to here in the treatment area is that when you're a pro, you have to take care of yourself before thinking that someone else is going to take care of you. You are our first African guest. And I, and I keep, and I know like we keep saying African, but you know, also just representing Mozambique as well. But um, so just two things that I want to know, like as an non-American, non-European, do you find yourself kind of vibing more with 
Europeans or vibing more with Americans? Because your Spanish is really good. Yeah, listen, I vibe with everybody that vibes with me. <laughs> good answer. Very, very, very I feel that. astute. Yeah, politically correct answer. <laughs> yeah, man. If I'm, I don't know. I, I like everybody that likes me. You know, if, if you talk to me, I talk to you. If you don't talk to me, that's okay. I don't... I don't condemn you. I mean, people have preferences. Maybe you don't like to be a friend with a six foot four African girl. <laughs> That's your choice. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess here in Spain, obviously, there's, there's a lot of things I don't understand still. Or like people or, for example, when I was in the U.S., there's a lot of American shows that I didn't I hadn't watched before or like old stuff, stuff that I can't relate to. Sure. So I'm just going to distance myself from that. Like, it's not funny to me because I've never seen it. I never right, heard it. Right, right, right. So I, I try to stick around uh, with people that that know or, like, talk about the same stuff I'm interested in. Right. You know, not, I mean, sometimes we, we can fool around and be together as a team all together and talk about some stuff that that's, like, some common interests. But like, if it's something I can't relate to, um, I don't know. I'm not gonna put myself in that conversation. Right. Or if I don't know about it, I'm not gonna gonna pretend that I'm just here kikiing because everybody's kikiing. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck you're talking about. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> are no. you are you are you the locker room um, spy for the Americans at least? I mean, I know this is just you. You just getting started. Yeah, you so. trying to get her to snitch? You just getting started, <laughs> but I mean, you say your Spanish good, so that means you know what they saying because you know for the Portuguese, Americans, Portuguese is a first language, so it's listen, I know. I've been knowing. I've been knowing what everybody says, and it's not my place to. to oh tell. man, are you <laughs> kidding me? So you not what? <laughs> You would not go. Oh, come on! You supposed listen, to be an ally. You supposed to be an listen, ally. I've been, I've been in. I've been in a situation where I was seen as that person, the snitch, but I didn't do shit <laughs> because that person that thought I was a snitch had everything on display on social media on everything. Mm-hmm. I don't. Th- I don't know why you thought I snitch, but you had everything on display. So. I try to like just refrain myself from that, you know, or try to like if if I hear something bogus, I probably put my headphones on and pretend <laughs> I didn't hear it. And sometimes I even say, I wish I didn't know Spanish, <laughs> you know, or or English. I don't know, whatever language it may be that's being, especially if I vibe with both both worlds, <laughs> yeah. I'm in between, man. I don't know. I don't know. If 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 someone if I was in a situation where I didn't understand Russian and they were talking shit about me and I had a, a Portuguese teammate that knew Russian and she tried to tell me some of that stuff, I don't know. I probably would prefer not to hear it either. You know? Yeah, I'm the same. I don't wanna know. Yeah, I I'm I don't wanna know. I'm just gonna stick to I want to know. And I'm gonna go back to them and say translate what I'm saying in English and Russian. <laughs> because and, and, then, and then what? Because if they have a problem, we should talk about that oh, problem. We on the God. team. We should talk about what problem they have. If we both, if they talking, talking, and I have no idea they have a problem, 
then clearly that's going to start to cause issues, which it always does. It always does until something happens that somebody finds out and you talk about it. So it's kind of like. So would you do the same for someone else? Tell them? Yeah. Yeah, of course I would. So you'd snitch. Of course. I would tell them they talking shit about them and that I, first of all, I would be like, y'all need to stop talking shit. That's exactly what yeah. I would. What I personally would do is if I knew Spanish and they talking stuff about American, I'd be like, I would call it out. I'd be like, y'all oh. need to stop talking shit. You're talking shit. Let's talk about it. Cause we're on for the same sure. Team. For sure. That's I would, what I would, I would, I would tell do. them to stop too, but like, yeah. so basically, um, we want to thank you for being on the show and we want you to be our spy. <laughs> next season be the we've all spy since you're like you speak like four languages oh my gosh <laughs> be our professional translator please yeah. all right we're, we're gonna create a, a fake instagram uh, <laughs> and you're just gonna say all the stuff that's on there but yeah thank you for uh, thank you thank for you coming on for having yeah, me appreciate it thank Tamara, y'all for yeah. thank y'all for tuning in this episode uh tomorrow Thank you for for coming and being a part of the Unguarded Podcast with us. We appreciate you. And um, until next time, y'all. I mean, do you want to say something? I can edit it. I don't want to say anything. Goodbye. Peace. (laughs)